This episode of the Out of Bounds Podcast is brought to you by Fisher Skis. This is the Out of Bounds Podcast. My name is Adam Jabber, and we have a wonderful set of episodes for you today with Piper Kunst and Blair Henson. So I hope you guys enjoy them. They're great conversations. They're very different conversations. Piper and I kind of just meet each other for the first time, basically. We have that initial conversation. What do you do? How, like, what's going on in your life? Why do you choose to ski Alta? She also teaches me about 0.5 selfies, which I did not know was a thing. Uh, but I have a new phone, so now I now I understand. Um, we also talk about her time at DPS. There's a very funny story with that. We talk about Alta bombs. We talk about the culture at Alta and how much fun it is and the skiing is obviously amazing too we kind of go through all of the different aspects of what makes alta alta and then piper kind of talks about what she hopes to achieve in skiing and in the industry as she kind of goes forward Uh, she also can burp on command and has a toothless cat uh, as a fun fact Uh, blair henson and i talk about we talk about mental health we talk about Boundaries in the outdoors, kind of when to saying when to say no, uh, when to figure out like okay, this is too much for me right now, and not feeling bad about that or like you're letting the group down. Um, and in turn, we talk about group dynamics and we talk about kind of a lot of things related to that. And that one I wish actually was a little longer. I had some stuff come up and it's shorter than I'd like it to be, but it was. She's great. She's a great speaker, and I'm I'm thrilled that she came on the show and i'm psyched to have her back on uh a couple housekeeping items before we get into it uh obviously we have sponsors we'll get to that but there's merch um so shop the merch on the out of collective site it's the out of collective.com or is it out of collective.com or the out of collective ethan out of collective.com you can buy this hat which is dope uh you can't buy the sunglasses uh because we don't sell sunglasses. We sell hats and T-shirts and keychains, and we have hoodies coming and all kinds of stuff. So check out the Out of Collective site, buy stickers, buy merch, uh, support the show, and uh, and then we'll go from there. Obviously, leave a review on iTunes, do all that kind of stuff. It helps tremendously. But the one thing I will ask more than anything else is subscribe to the YouTube, uh, watch these episodes, especially on the Tuesday episodes. They it's different. Like it's a totally different format for us. We're trying to make it work so far. It seems to be doing well. Uh, but I'd like to see it grow more and more and more every week. And that's so far what we've been seeing, but you know, I, I get antsy. Um, two sponsors for today. First is darn tough. Darn tough is one of my favorite sponsors because everybody needs socks as usual. I'm wearing darn tough socks, um, because they're the best and they have a lifetime guarantee they're comfortable. They're made in Vermont with some of the most technologically advanced machines that I've ever seen in my life. It is insane to watch these things go from a piece of yarn to socks or a piece of string. I don't know. They, it's magic. It's, it's absolutely, absolutely insane. 
Uh, so check out Darn Tough's website. We've included an affiliate link, which doesn't pay us any money, but it kind of shows Darn Tough that like we're worth the investment. We're worth we're worth hanging out with for a long period of time. So um, shout out to the people at Darn Tough. Go to darntough.com or click the link in our bio in the, or the link in our show notes. Also, we have a new sponsor, or not a new sponsor, we have an old sponsor that has come back on board in Sawatch Hemp. Sawatch Hemp. Sawatch Hemp is uh, has been a, is one of the first sponsors that we've ever had. They make some of my favorite products. I will tell you firsthand. I was in the sauna the other day and I put some of that salve on the spicy one, and I was in there for probably twenty minutes, and it was hot. It was hot as shit, and my whole body, my legs, my arms, anything that I put that salve on was on fire but in like the best way like think icy hot except not icy and extremely hot um so go to www.sawatch.co and use promo code out of bounds to save yourself some money on uh, some of the best cbd products and cbd products by the way that actually work uh check that stuff out asap uh that's it Go enjoy the episodes. I hope you guys have a great Tuesday or Wednesday or whatever day you're listening to the show on. Subscribe to the YouTube. I already said that. Follow us on social, blah, 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 blah. First off, here is Blair Henson. Blair, tell people who you are. Tell people a little bit about yourself, and uh, we can kind of go from there. Sounds good, Adam. Yeah, so I am a counselor in Bozeman, Montana. I guess my specialty is relationships, although that's extremely broad, um, <laughs> especially living in a smaller community um, in a rural location. Therapists end up being generalists, so it's kind of funny to like put a specialty there. But a lot of my writing and studying has been around couples and family um, counseling. So yeah, that's a piece of my work. But then I guess like who I am outside of work is uh, an adventure, a partner, sister, all kinds of different things. So um, yeah, I, when I talk to people, I very much talk from my own experiences uh, when I'm engaging in conversation, I guess, about relationships. Uh, but then I also like to get to know where other people are at and theirs and just have conversations about relationships, being outside, understanding the nervous system, all kinds of nerdy stuff that uh, get me going, I suppose. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I'm happy to answer more questions about that, but it's always a funny question to be like, who are you? <laughs> well, I'm, I don't know. In our culture, we talk about like who we are in our work and who we are right. as humans. So yeah, who, what we like to do. Yeah, I guess I never know how people are going to answer that. And that's kind of why I start that way. It's like, okay, philosophically, or like, who am I? Like, what do I do? Like, what, you know, like, you never, you get all kinds of varying answers. And I think that's part of the, part of the fun of it. Yeah, yeah. Like, I'm a goofball. I'm kind of a nerd. <laughs> I don't know. Right. Yeah, I'm 5'8". And this is that, yeah, no. Um, but so why don't you talk to me a little bit about like, why you Sick. wanted to do this episode, why you wanted to have this conversation. Um, I know, like, Initially, you reached out to me because of the Drew Peterson episode, um, which was a conversation that was very, it was difficult for Drew and I to have, but it was also like one of the ones where we kind of walked away from it and we were like, okay, that's, it's a conversation that we're glad we had, right? Mm -hmm. um, so tell me a little bit about why you reached out and what, what specifically, I guess, you're, you're looking for, I guess. 
Yeah. So um, I've been kind of on a mission and it's it started over the pandemic um, to start writing and reflecting myself on relationships in the outside. It really started before that because I've been in relationships for um, I'm in my 30s now. And so I engaged in and out of relationships in my 20s and a lot of them failed and I couldn't really figure out why. Um and so I did my own deep dive while I was studying therapy and all kinds of things to figure out, like, why am I in these dynamics, which I'm sure we'll get to. Um, but one of the things that struck me about uh, your conversation with Drew is just how little mental health is talked about, mm. um, especially in the outdoor community. And that's what I love what Drew is doing is he's opening yeah. that conversation in such a deep and vulnerable and personal way to him. Um and, you know, I, I work in this, this world of mental health. I have my own mental health. And so um, I'm intrigued when um, outdoor communities and conversations start to happen around um, that vulnerability and sharing. And so that's what kind of drew me to, I think, to reaching out to you and continuing that um, and maybe even offering some more from like, quote unquote, the professional lens, but also it's a personal lens. Like mental health is something that we all deal with, excuse me, we all deal with. So yeah, I think that was a huge, huge leaning for me. And I think it's just so important to keep reducing stigma and continuing these conversations. And so uh, yeah, I was stoked that you guys had that had that conversation and that he's kind of opening that world from the professional skier lens too, which yeah. is huge. Yeah, I, I I thought it was great. Like I think to be open and be vulnerable like that to that level is like something that people don't do very often. And I think that that's that's why it works for for what he did and the whole and ups and downs. If you haven't seen it, obviously go watch it and mm -hmm. you'll kind of be able to get some context to what we're talking about. But so. I guess my question is how in the way that it pertains to relationships, what, what does that look like? Right. Because everybody's used to having a partner or a significant other that they do outdoor things, I guess. And maybe not everybody, but like everybody mm -hmm. kind of has that feeling. And even if it's just like a friend that you go out in the back country with and like understanding the dynamic between your back country partners, whether it's a significant other or it's just a back country partner, I think is really important. So can you kind of speak to that aspect of it a little bit? Yeah, definitely. Um, where do I want to start? <laughs> this is, this is, I spend a lot of time on this topic, so uh, feel free to rein me in where, wherever. But um yeah, I think there's a lot to, to dig into on this topic. Relationships are what we engage in every day. But my little like soapbox speech is that we're never really taught about how to do it well unless you go out and you seek out those resources. Um, certainly, there's a lot of books and such about it, or you can go to therapy. Um, but we really learn through experience. And so what I've been thinking about and researching more and more is okay, we're out skiing, especially if you're a backcountry skier, there's so many dynamics to pay attention to that are outside of just the heuristics of the human factors that a lot of us are taught if we take AVI training. Um, and so, yeah, thinking a little bit more about, okay, what happens when we're out there and we're making different decisions? How do our relationship dynamics play into how much fun we're having, how safe we're going to be, whether we're in the backcountry or in the front country, uh, we're dealing with relationship dynamics in anything that we do. 
and so a big thing that I'm curious to keep doing and, and inspired to keep doing is to open up those conversations of like, how do you talk to your partners about the stressors that they're going through right now uh, in a way that is thoughtful and caring? Um, but a lot of people don't even know how to engage in the conversation of like, how are you doing? How is your mental health? How might that impact the day that we're going to have? Um, how might that impact what kinds of terrain you want to be traveling into? Um, and a lot of times I think that gets missed in the excitement or just in a new group where people are not checking in with each other. I had a, a great experience of this in Moab last week when I was there um, that I'd be happy to share. But yeah, essentially, Sweet. like, yeah, the the dynamics are present all the time. Yeah. If you want to share, please, I'd love to hear about it. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, one of my good friends, Kirsten, and I had a um, great debrief about this. So I hope she's okay that I share it. But <laughs> thanks, Kirsty. Uh, <laughs> we, um, so my partner, uh, my significant other and I uh, did our wilderness first responder last, uh, last week in Moab. We were super tired because it's like 10 hours a day plus like right. homework and quizzes. Uh, really great. Highly recommend that experience, but a lot of work. So we haven't been on our bikes in a long time. And uh, I was like, all right, Kirsty, I really want to get out, but I want to do a moderate ride today. I haven't been biking. I haven't done anything this year. Um, and she was going to be up with some other friends. We're all going to have to get on our bikes together. Um, she came back and, and the friends of hers that joined us, they're like, oh yeah, we're going to go do the, um, oh gosh, what is it called? Everyone knows it. Ah, it'll come to me. Um, oh, Porcupine Rin Trail. And there's a ton of okay, exposure cool. in that. Yeah, it's like, uh, it was not the ride that I needed to do first off. <laughs> and I was like, okay, I did hear that the snow, like, there's still snow up there. The LaSalle's still have a lot of snow. Uh, but I was like, okay, I guess we're going to go try it. Um, I did not advocate for myself. I just like kind of went with the group because then I was kind of under... The, the guys of the group and uh, partway up we're like meet, meeting snow. I'm like, guys, I don't know if this like looks like a good idea. Um, <laughs> I'm not sure if I'm really up for this today. Um, but again, everyone's just kind of like, yeah, let's go. Let's do this. I'm like, all right, I hop on my bike and we go and we're riding and I'm just like slower than everyone, which is always the most fun. Um, and just like not feeling very confident because here I wasn't like engaging in my own voice, my own ideas about what I needed um, and kind of going along with the group mentality and group think. And so we're going along and I kind of like, I wear cleats, which I don't know why I still do that because I fall every time with my bike. I'm a cleat user too. <laughs> I, and I, just, I feel like it helps, but. It helps until it hurts. Like yeah, I get up a lot yeah. of things and then, yeah. But anyways, in Montana, I live in Montana and there's not a lot of rocks here. So I'm used right. to riding on dirt where it's like very helpful. And it's helpful on rocks if you can do it. <laughs> Anyways, I full fully fall over like multiple times and create a nice galaxy of bruises on my left side. And then I'm like really shaking and just like, God, why am I doing this? And I like meet the group. I'm like, okay, hey guys, I think Nick and I, my partner, we should we should slow down. We should probably like uh, split up so that I can go my pace and you guys can go your pace. Kirstie and her friends are just like amazing bikers. She's been racing. She's been doing all these amazing things. Um, 
And she's like, no, we should stay together. Uh, let's just do this. I'm like, great. Like here I am just trying to like keep up, keep up. And the whole day my, my headspace was just like trying to keep up and not really like in my own confidence. Um, and so, yeah, I was much slower. We made it through the ride. I just walked a lot of it, walked a lot of the like exposure part that has this nice cliff to the right for like what seemed like a mile. I have no idea. Concept is <laughs> not like something I had. Forever, especially if you're on and off the bike a lot. Oh yeah. It's just a nice hike with my bike that day. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and so, yeah, then, I mean, we, we had a great time and Kiersey and I, she's like, I've been friends with her for over 10 years and we had a great debrief about like, how could we do this better next time? Because in the midst of it, like she was advocating that we stay together as a group for safety. Whereas mm -hmm. like potentially that might've been less safe. Cause then I'm trying to push myself to a spot where I'm trying to keep up with the group. And so there's, there were all these things that we kind of like sat down afterwards and debriefed about to figure out like, how could we use the, the principles that we use when we're backcountry skiing in almost any group activity, because there's still risk. I mean, <laughs> that trail, the Porcupine Room Trail has plenty of risk in it, um, even if you're not dealing with avalanches. And so, um, yeah, I think a couple of the things that I took away from that experience and I'm starting to try to work on myself in engaging in conversations around is like being vulnerable after um, something and debriefing a, a, an experience with the people that you're traveling with to be like, where did we do this? Well, uh, where could we hold, where could we hold space for each other and, and, um, make sure that we're advocating for each other better next time. Um, and what safety things did we miss? Cause there were plenty of things that we missed that day, even coming out of the woofer, um, that I think just when people get excited, we can overlook a lot of, important factors. Um, so yeah, there's relationship dynamics and all of that and communication uh, snafus and all of it too. It's like these skills are really hard and I study this and spend time talking about it every day. Um, and so yeah, it's really funny, actually, like I just had a conversation with Jackie Peso a few weeks ago and she kind of talks about how like nobody was on the same page for this trip that she did, like this huge trip that she did last year. And it was with like some Alpine guides that weren't great skiers, um, at least to the level of like a professional skier mm. couple. And like they ended up finding out that basically like these people are trying to just rush through all of the like actual traversing and all of the flat spots and like the cardio part of it. And then don't really want to ski the hard skiing part and nor is their ability levels at, you know, at the same level as Jackie and her partner. So she kind of talks about the same thing where it's like we really should have had a conversation beforehand about what the goals were and how to figure out those dynamics throughout the group. Yeah. Um, and that conversation was kind of just centered around the group dynamic as a whole versus like this, I think, is like very much about the sharing aspect of it beforehand and afterwards and being like, OK, like this is how I felt and this is how this is kind of how it went for me. One of the things I guess I, I want to ask you is like, how how do you balance whenever I go with a group that's faster than me or more skilled than me or I'm riding a new area that I don't really know about? Like, I, I find myself looking for excuses at the end of that. And then I find myself like wanting to talk about it, but also like trying to balance that line between making excuses for where I'm at and like try like as opposed to actually communicating like 
where my ability level is at, where my head was that day. And I guess I wonder how, because I know a lot of people feel this way. We're like, they're with people that are really good. And they're like, I don't want to hold you back. Right. Like, I don't want to hold somebody else back. And you kind of just talked about it yourself. Yeah. But I also want everybody to have a good time. Right. Like, and I, including myself. Yes. So how do you, how do you balance that? How do you have that conversation? Because beforehand, especially in things like mountain biking and skiing, it, there's a huge spectrum of what is a good cyclist or mountain biker or skier right like that is like that range is so huge so how do you have that conversation beforehand so that you're in the best place possible and how do you have that conversation afterwards yeah yeah um great question and so just to be just to clarify like with the excuses you mean you'll kind of like mention like i'm not feeling very well or like I'm yeah like i didn't sleep or... or whatever like i do that for myself because of my own ego and my own bullshit but like i yeah. i think <laughs> but i find a lot of people do it the same way because when oh, i'm yeah. fit, i notice other people doing the same thing versus being like okay like these are areas that i feel like i need improvement on this is something i wish i knew ahead of time like i guess the conversation becomes less about what I could do better and more about like how I didn't show up, you know, in the way that I felt that I could for my own self, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, and I, I hear that piece of like not showing up in the ways that you could have, but then also maybe, and you can correct me if I'm getting this wrong, but also maybe just not being at the level that you're totally, that people that totally. You're and sometimes it around. is that sometimes yeah. it is like as simple as like, I'm not, and I'm, I end up, especially with this show, I end up writing with people who are like, I will never be that good. Like, no matter how much time I commit to it, I will not be that good. It's just, it's not, it's not my wheelhouse, right? Like, yeah. if I go skiing with Cody Townsend, I'm not going to be Cody Townsend no matter what I do, you know? So I guess trying to figure out a dynamic between that, like, okay, like these people want to hang out and do it, but I also want to feel like I'm not holding them back to a point. So I guess that that's kind of where I'm at. Yeah. Yeah, no, okay, great. I think that's an awesome thing to talk about. Um, I think the biggest thing that I've been learning, and this all, again, comes from my experience, um, is figuring out how to have conversations, like you said, ahead of time, and owning where we're at and owning what we need. Uh, this is something that I think is so hard for me uh, because I often look to experts a lot. This is something I've been learning about myself. I look to experts to make decisions. And that's part of what I wrote about in the ski mag piece recently is like I was looking to my significant other at the time because he was, in my mind, an expert. He was a Denali mountain guide. He had Avi too. Like he had all these skills, but he couldn't answer the questions of like, well, what could Blair do in this terrain? Like, how is she going to navigate this? Like only I could really answer a lot of that. Mm. Um, and so, but then if I'm not experienced to even be able in that, in different types of terrain to really know that, then I am relying on my significant other to be like, well, if I'm going to take her into this place, I have to be confident that she can do it. So there's this like, there's, there's the dynamic, like I'm relying on my partner to help pick terrain that maybe is totally new to me. But then I also have to be like, here's what I know I can do. And there's this like both and situation that I think comes into whether you're skiing with a significant other or a big group is like, can we actually own not from a place of excuses, but from a place of power to be like, Hey, I want to go out and ski with you tomorrow. And I want to do this terrain. And like, I don't have the greatest fitness right now. Or like, there's a lot of stressors going on in my mind this week that may be hard for me to fully make all the decisions that are helpful to keep you safe and me safe. 
Um, so like, how can we really show up when we're backcountry skiing or, or doing any activity and be honest with each other about um, where we're at and how that's going to impact the day. And then letting both, both people or the group make decisions about what they may need. Maybe that means that like, you don't go out with Cody Townsend today, or like, I don't go to uh, these like huge, big coolars that maybe I'm not ready for, but maybe we can make a plan for that in the future. Um, if Cody like really wants to get after it today, or maybe he's like, cool, man, whatever, we can go do this thing. And let's, let's see how you do. And let's check in along the way. I think it's just, there's so many decision points that are um, possible that we just glaze right over because uh, we right. make a decision and then we go for it. Um, and that's, I mean, that's some of the feedback I think that uh, psychologists and counselors are starting to bring to this field. Um, Dr. Sarah Boylan is one, uh, she's a psychologist in Montana and she's uh, been doing a lot of speaking about uh, like how does psychology in enter into this type of terrain. And she's like, we need to have multiple plans for the day and don't do plan A or B, do plan N or K because our brains are wired to think that one is better than the other. Like, so if we're like, okay, we're going to go ski this really cool objective and now we're all set on it. Then if we find information along the way, we're going to keep trying to confirm our initial bias of like, yeah, we want to do that thing. Mm. Um, and so, bringing these conversations, but also uh, the flexibility to be able to make decisions along the way uh, is so key, I think, because I, I don't know for you, like, but my mood will change throughout the day or my stoke sure. level will change out throughout the day. Um, or maybe we get to a certain terrain feature and I'm like, whoa, this is so far out of what I was anticipating for, for what we were going to do today. And the group train is like <laughs> far ahead. And I'm like, wait a second, guys, like we've missed a huge warning sign or, hey, we've missed a huge like skill jump that I wasn't aware of. Uh, so it's hard. It's really hard. But I guess the biggest way I'm answering that is like, how can we um, have conversations from a place of power rather than that excuse or kind of like, right. um, yeah just trying to keep up in a way uh, that may not actually be authentic to where we're at. Right. Yeah. I guess one of the things too, that I always find myself, especially like dealing with the depression aspect of it is like, sometimes I just get there and like, everybody's so stoked to go. You don't want to be like the person that's like down, like, cause I don't want to ski every day. It's like, that's one of the things that people would tell me all the time. It's like, go skiing, skiing fixes everything or go ride your bike. Like you feel way better. And it's like, mm -hmm. it's true, but it's not true. You know, mm -hmm. it's mm -hmm. like in the moment, I don't want to do it at all. Like I, I will go do it sometimes. And sometimes I will feel better, but there's a lot of times when it's like, I I'm not in it because like, mm -hmm. it's just not where my headspace is at. So in a group or with a significant other, it, it brings more complications into that, I think, than even if you were to just go ride or ski by yourself. Um, and, and that's where I think a lot of people struggle is because you're supposed to be excited about these things, right? Like yeah. you're supposed to be like skiing is supposed to be the end all be all. And you see this all the time where it's like skiing or nothing else or skiing is life or, you know, it's like this kind of stuff is so pushed in society and in especially in ski culture and i imagine even more so in a place mm -hmm. like bozeman it, oh yeah that's just what people do right and i think people put their mental health on the back burner and they put 
communication on the back burner, right? Yeah. And having those, those important conversations with people ahead of time. And again, I think there's a there's a line somewhere because you don't always want to be the person too that's like, okay, we need to talk about everything always, right? You kind of need to <laughs> I don't know if people I am. <laughs> well, I, that's great. <laughs> I never want to be like, I, I want to yeah. communicate, but I want to be like, okay, like we don't have to communicate every single time about everything. Like if we're writing a trail that we've written a thousand times. I don't necessarily need to tell you how my day is beforehand, but everybody's different. And I think that's one of the beautiful things about it is everybody is different and everybody's needs for communication are different. So that's one of the things you mentioned in the email is like, okay, talking about people's needs in terms of that communication. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it doesn't have to be this like, okay, Adam, let's sit down and like have a full <laughs> chat, yes. you know, right. like it, uh, communication it, just in the ways of it, like, it can be so spectrumed. Like we can right. really dig into things or it's like, let's have a process. And I think this is the thing that I'm trying to work on streamlining and I'm not there yet, but how can we have a process for checking in with our partners, especially if it's a newer group that you're going out, that there right. may be more communication that's required versus somebody that, you know, you've been out with a hundred times. Um, but I would even challenge that that's, that's a place too, that that familiar person, um, especially if there's a, a connection there with that um, person that you're going out with to take a few minutes to be like, hey, what are we after today? Like, are you trying to get out here to exercise? Are you trying to get out here to have fun? Because, you know, coming from that mental health perspective too, and if you are struggling with depression at that time, it's like, I might just be going out today to to get some of the anxiety off of my system <laughs> right. um, and some of the cortisol burnt out. Or maybe if I'm feeling depressed, then I actually need a little bit of energy activation in my day. And so yeah. I need to go out and do something that's energy boosting, but there's a threshold. Like if I work out too much and my mental health is not in a good space, now I'm actually kind of like plateauing again because right. I don't, I didn't get that serotonin boost or the cortisol release because now I've added cortisol to my system. Like when I'm in a really hard mental health space or any of my clients or friends, we actually can't, it's, it's not best for our nervous system to go out and do something that's more stressful. If our mental health is not in a place that is very good, stress does not help us. Like it just doesn't. Um, and because it's adding more cortisol, adrenaline, non-epinephrine to our system. And if we're not then doing something down-regulating to um, support our nervous system, now we're just going home totally depleted. Whereas right. sometimes, you know, we're going out there and we're having a great time. We feel laughter, we feel joy, and we've exercised a little bit and gotten our body moving. Like that can be so rewarding and helpful for uh, continuing to pull us out of a depressive episode or downregulate from an anxious episode of some sort. Right. Um, and so those are some of the things that I think about is like, can we even just check in with our, um, our outdoor partners uh, about what we're looking for out of the day to make sure that we're, that we're on the same page. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I, I think that's huge. And one of the, so just backtracking real quick. Can you explain mm -hmm. to people what what the what the need for cortisol is? Because I I don't know that everybody actually understands like the the actual chemical side of things, including myself, by the way. Like what what any of this is? Yeah, yeah, totally. Okay, so you're. I think it cut out just briefly. So can you ask the yeah. first part of that question again? 
Uh, so basically, I'm looking to know like what is cortisol? Like, what's the benefit? Like, what what does that mean in terms of like uh, feeling? How does that translate into like real human words for people listening? I guess. <laughs> yeah, thank you for stopping me because we'll just yeah. go go past that. <laughs> um, okay, so cortisol is a stress hormone. Okay. Um, same with uh, adrenaline and non-epinephrine. Essentially, our nervous system does this thing that when we are uh, in a fight, flight, or freeze state, uh, which is where our body's thinking like there's some sort of threat, um, our nervous system will activate. And um, so it activates by releasing a lot of those hormones. There's more to it. I'm not a neuroscientist, so I won't bore you with it. Yeah. But um, those are some of the main three. Um, and they do that to, to make us hyper-focus and give us the energy that we need to deal with the threats that are around us. So um, if you're out, like, for instance, with the porcupine rim trail, because we were talking about that, like my stress levels were probably moderate to somewhat high at certain points of that because I was in terrain that scared me. It was a little bit outside of my ability. The threat partially to me was that I wasn't keeping up with the group and I have mm. a value of social belonging um, and wanting to, uh, to, to continue to be within the group, which I think we all do. Uh, it's a very much a social creature need of ours. Uh, and so those were some of the threats like going on uh, that were increasing my nervous system activation. Um, and so I was like working really hard to get to meet up with that group uh, when they're all waiting for me or, or whatnot. So my body's increasing my cortisol levels uh, at that point in order to, to help me. And sometimes stress is a really helpful thing. But if you are struggling with mental health, then um, your system is either already super, super high. So like if you're really anxious, you're already activated quite a bit uh, very often. Or if you're depressed, um, your nervous system is actually in what's called like a shutdown mode. Um, and it's a place of protection, like our nervous systems can't take on anymore. And so our whole system just kind of like shuts down and we don't have as much functions in regulation of sleep or um, yeah, all of the digestion or even our immune system can be lower when we're depressed because there's so much energy uh, going to fighting what our brain and our body is thinking is going on. Uh, and so we're shut down. Uh, and that's, that's sort of our, the difference, I guess, between kind of anxiety and depression as far as mm. it comes into our nervous system. Um, and so when we are uh, out and about, exercise for mental health is slated as really helpful to help boost serotonin, which is a, another... Um, it's both a hormone and a neurotransmitter that helps us regulate so many different things. It regulates digestion. It regulates sleep. It regulates our mood. It's like sort of this magical thing uh, that is in our bodies um, and in our minds to help us do a lot of different uh, functions uh, and exercise and human connection and uh, certain foods are all serotonin boosting and so those things can be helpful, but if we're, if our exercise or our connection continues to be stressful, uh, we're actually not getting the benefit that we need from that activity. Uh, and so it's sort of like on a spectrum and it's different for everyone. Uh, what is a stress reducing activity and what's a stress inducing activity. 
Um, and it could t depend on the day, the moment, uh, mm. all of those things. But we, we are ideally, our stress hormones are meant to be temporary. They're not meant to be long-term. And so our body needs to fight them off. So the best analogy that I've heard about this is like, um, we have a lion that enters our like tribal community and we have a huge stress increase of adrenaline, uh, cortisol, non-epinephrine, uh, and our community or ourselves, we figure out how to, um, avoid the lion. We either fight, flight, or freeze, depending on what our body thinks is going to be the most successful. And then, um, once, once we survive that threat, our body down regulates into our rest and digest zone, which is our more complex systems coming back online. And that cortisol is down, but usually our cortisol is also burnt off by um, doing something like we've moved uh, in some capacity to get out of that situation. Uh, and so that's where exercise is actually really helpful with cortisol is it moves that energy around our body and helps us release it. Tears also release cortisol. There's a lot of um, stress reducing things. Uh, and then we can come back to uh, that rest and digest space in our body, which is actually where we should be most of the time. Hmm. In our culture, we love to push that and be in the stress zone way too much. Uh, and so some of us actually like don't know what rest and digest really feels like, um, which can be really hard. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like that is... <laughs> That's a very valid point. It's where a lot of people exist. because, And I think that's part of the culture, right? Especially, and maybe this is a generalization. I feel like it happens more with men because there's this big push where you're like, okay, like I need to just work out harder and that'll fix my problems. Or I need to just go do more stuff. I need to add more. And I'm like a huge, this has been one of my biggest issues for my entire life is I just will stick more and more and more and more on my plate. Cause if I'm not busy, I find that I'm, I don't value myself and my time nearly as much, right? Mm. Like I don't value what I do as much if I'm not filling every second of every day. And I don't get that same rest and digest kind of like, I don't get that time to actually just like sit and be with myself for very often. And I, I you're right. A hundred percent. So I guess I, I kind of want to ask a couple follow-up questions here. I don't yeah, know one more time, but I, I do want to ask like what, what can be done about that side of things? Like what can be done about the communication aspect of it? What can be done for people that are kind of trying to figure out how to balance themselves, not just like on the day to day, but like with their backcountry partners and with their outdoor partners, like what, what do people do? Because talking about it is a very, like, we talk about it, right? But mm -hmm. it's a really difficult thing to do. And I can tell you firsthand, like, when I first started talking about where I was at, my depression, all this stuff, like, it was not, it, it was, like, completely nerve-wracking. So ha even having something as simple as a conversation of, like, this is where I'm at and assessing your own situation can seem extremely difficult to someone that hasn't done it. Yeah, totally. Um, I definitely want to honor that, that it is hard, especially if that has not been modeled for you, um, or for anyone, which it often hasn't of like, how do we have these conversations? Um, and I think that's what, where a big push for me is like, can, um, can I inspire and can we as a culture in the ski industry or in the outdoor industry start to, uh, model this differently? Like, can there be leaders where um, 
we can show up, uh, whether it's Drew or uh, one of my good friends, Vasu, like having these yeah. conversations where um, we can start to model vulnerability in a different way. And especially men, like, yeah, we could have a whole conversation about uh, masculinity and how that impacts um, ski culture differently. But um, I think a lot of it is taking the first step. My One of the things I stand by is that vulnerability vulnerability often begets more vulnerability um, and people crave it. It's just a matter of like where people's defenses are at. Like if we're going to be jerks to each other and someone is being vulnerable, like we do, that, that happens that we get that kind of rejection. Um, it's often coming from a place in the, that other person's experience where there's a defense or a guard that's protecting something in them that is too hard to look at or is too difficult to see at that moment. Um, and so I often just like, I probably go about the world, like looking at all of us as small children because it builds a lot more compassion for me, uh, and that we're all doing our best. Um, but I think that the more we can ask each other how, uh, how we're doing, what stressors are coming into the day, what we're looking for, uh, out of our, um, out of our experience today, wherever we're headed. Um, it, it also asks us to self-reflect too. Like, how am I doing? What do I want? Cause not, not every day am I showing up with all those answers for myself. Uh, and so when we can encourage each other to reflect and to, um, just check in with those things, I think it makes a huge difference and meeting each other with empathy, compassion, and validation. Like we do not need to tell each other that our experiences are not real. Like that does not help us at all. We don't need to fix our friends. Uh, we just need to be compassionate and understand the emotions and the place that they're in. Uh, mm -hmm. we don't need to change their perspectives, um, or their mind. Uh, that can be really disorienting for someone while they're experiencing depression is like, well, man, just like see your life a little bit different or like, right. look how beautiful it is outside. And you're like, yeah, I'm looking and I still don't feel good. Like, I, <laughs> I don't know what to tell you. Right. Um, it's really like, can we have enough compassion as a, as a community and as partners to uh, meet each other where we're at and take care of each other. And also like my own, um, responsibility too, is to be sure, like when I'm having emotions or I'm having a bad day, having the confidence, and this is a really hard skill to build to, to stand up for myself and say like, this is what I need. Uh, and I know that that means that I'm not going to go on the bike ride today or the ski trip today. And that sucks. Um, I'm going to go do something else if that's the case, or just kind of knowing how to advocate for ourselves, um, and setting those boundaries and how you develop that is really through a process of like reflection and onboarding a therapist or whoever you need in your world to help uh, build that. But it's um, something that I hope we can keep kind of collectively pushing and inspiring each other to do. Yeah, for sure. Um, Blair, this has been great. Um, can you tell people, first of all, where people can find you, where people can find you on social media, your website, the whole deal? Um, yeah. And I'd love to continue this conversation a little more um, at a later date, too, like because I think there's so much that we can get into here. And like I'd like to give it more, oh, more yeah. time. So um, where can that people find you? Good. 
Yeah. So um, I'm on social media, open routes advent, uh, underscore adventures. So uh, open routes is uh, R-O-U-T-S um, instead of roots. And um, yeah, my business is open routes adventures. I am teaching some couples um, workshops this summer outside in Yellowstone. And so if people want to join me to, this is for uh, couples this summer, I'll have other opportunities ahead for individuals, but uh, teaching couples how to uh, work on their relationship and build prevention before they're in a spot where they really need the the clinical space of therapy. Um, And yeah, I'm doing a lot more writing. So I try to keep all of that on my website at openroutesadventures.com. Amazing. Thank you so much for the time. This has been great. Uh, likewise, Adam. It's good to meet you. Um, Piper, tell people who you are, a little bit about yourself, and then we'll go from there. Word. Okay. My name is Piper Kuntz. I'm from South Park, Colorado, originally, but I've lived in Utah. Oh, God, math. Three and a half, almost four years. And I ski mostly Alta because that place is just so wonderful. It's like my home. Um, I, my favorite color is purple. (laughs) (laughs) Sometimes it might change. Um, I go to the university of Utah. This is my senior year. Okay. And I'm studying psychology and minoring in drawing. Okay. And I graduate in a month, which is kind of scary. How? Yeah. That, school and the whole school experience and trying to balance an ath- being an athlete and going to school sounds uh, very, very difficult. Yeah. It's pretty tough simply because I want to be skiing yeah. all the time. And I've just like met a lot of really cool people who don't go to school. Right. So then when they go skiing, I just have extremely bad FOMO. Yeah. And it's, Honestly, I've like really kind of been dropping the ball on the school thing, but I I have three weeks left. I should just <laughs> continue to go. I usually like years past, it's been really easy because COVID right. kind of shut the place down. So I could do online school whenever I wanted, like after I got home from skiing. But now that it's back in person like the fall was easy because I wasn't skiing but then as soon as this semester hit I was like oh god like you're gonna have to (laughs) you're gonna have to balance this which I have not been doing a very good job of but in my defense skiing is way more fun (laughs) it's definitely more fun than going to school I I agree with you 100 percent um what's your plan after school's over in three weeks I haven't thought about that one. Just kidding. Um, I don't really know. I'm probably going to live with some of my friends in Salt Lake. Find like a landscaping, like seasonal job, something like that. I've been in contact with some people to do like art teaching for like kids summer camps, which I'm an artist and kind of with skiing, like presenting your own abilities to like upcoming generations is really important. So like whether I'm doing that with skiing or art or anything, I think that would be really fun and watching kids be creative. is pretty interesting. So maybe some opportunities with that will present themselves like later down the road. So I don't have to just do summer camps. Um, 
there's been some opportunities with like uh, bigger companies with skiing yeah. that have like, oh, I have a couple meetings with people this week about getting on teams so that I can hopefully make ski my career and not have to really worry about like become a professional, yeah. which would be really cool. Yeah. It's kind of the goal. Yeah. I think you are very well deserving of this. Um, I guess we should talk about uh, some pretty recent stuff. We should talk about Kings and Queens, how that went, what that experience was like. Obviously, I mean, for people that don't know, you won. So you are now the queen of uh, Corbett's, I guess. If that's like, what does the title look like? Do they give you, they give you an award? Yeah. Yeah. They gave me a, they gave me a really big check. (laughs) 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 They shipped me a crown, which was because at the ceremony, Patrick McCarthy was like, yeah, so we have crowns for you guys, but we left them at the hotel. I was like, bro, I don't care. I was walking around with a Pacifico bucket the whole night. (laughs) Will last me much longer and benefit me way more. Um, Yeah. So I have a crown now. I'm also (laughs) saying the queen of the bottom park jump, (laughs) just because that was the real showstopper in my opinion. Like, and watching everyone actually make it down Corbett's that day was so impressive because of the conditions. Yeah. Like um, Cam dropping in and just having the whole thing slide and then still being able to snowboard down. I was like, okay, <laughs> that is incredible. Like that just kind of set the stage that we could actually ride in the cooler. Yeah. Well, so like what, where are your nerves at when you're about to drop in? Like, where's your headspace at? I mean, is this, I, I don't know, like where, how do you get comfortable doing something like this on a stage like that? I feel like you never really get comfortable. I don't know. I've only done one other competition before and it was a two-star IFSA at Targi. And that was just like, I was kind of more nervous for that. I don't really know why. I'd also just like really hurt my knee that day. I don't know that one. So I hadn't really had like, a lot of preparation with competitions. So I didn't know where my nerves should be at, if that makes sense. Yeah. Talking to like riding up the tram with a lot of the other athletes. I think everyone was way more nervous because of the conditions. Got it. Like it's a a lot different, like sending yourself into something when there's two feet of powder than when there's maybe six inches on top of like really hard pack, almost ice. So I think all of us were more worried for like the state of our bones than anything. But uh, once it was like at the top, kind of freaking out, Parkin is like throwing a chainsaw through the top of the lip. And I'm like, (laughs) what is going on? Like, what am I a part of right now? This is so strange. And kind of wasn't really thinking about the drop until I saw Sander go too. And he's ripping the wind buff on the side on the right side. And I was like, Oh my God, that's literally a high boy. Yeah. Like I, I can go ski that. So then I got kind of excited because I was like, it hasn't snowed in two and a half months. And I finally get to maybe get some fresh tracks. Like at that point, it wasn't even about the competition. I just wanted to go skiing. And then at the top, they were like, okay, we're thinking about 45 seconds. And that 45 seconds was so freaking long. <laughs> like, damn, I didn't realize that something less than a minute would <laughs> feel like it was hours. And then like 15 seconds before, I was like, dude, you know how to go skiing. Like, you've done this your whole life. Just go in there and go skiing. 
And that's what I said. You can hear it in the GoPro footage, <laughs> like right before. I'm like, okay, let's go skiing. That's amazing. Yeah. Do you like, do you like the competitive aspect of it? Like, do you like, comp- I mean, that's second competition and you got to win with, I mean, which is insane to me in itself, but do you actually enjoy the competition aspect of skiing? I personally don't lo- It really depends on, so like Kings and Queens, it doesn't feel like a competition right. and people feel that all the time because you're up there with a bunch of really sick people and you're all like really excited for each other. It just kind of feels like more of a sesh with a bunch of cameras on you, yeah. <laughs> which that was more intimidating than the competition itself right, because right. it, it really didn't feel like a competition. Like, I think that's why I was more nervous at the Targi two star was because I was like, why do I feel like kind of attacked right now? Even though that there's like no place for that in skiing. Right. It's kind of felt like you either have to land your run or no one's going to really appreciate what you're doing. I'm like, I don't, why does it feel like you have to be looked at in a certain way when like really you are just going skiing? Yeah. Like I, so it's really hard to say if I like competitions. Actually, I don't like competitions. It's easy to <laughs> say. But I like, I like the Kings and Queens competition because it didn't feel like one, if that makes sense. Got it. No, that makes perfect sense. And I think that's that like, that thing that you said that doesn't have a place in skiing where you feel like everybody's, where you feel like you're being attacked is the reason that a lot of people don't enjoy doing a free ride world tour or like, you know, that kind of stage. And it's also like obviously conditions and variability and all that kind of stuff, but it's, uh, it's very different than just going and free skiing. So I guess what is best case scenario? You're like officially pro skier full time next year. What, what do you want to be doing all like, what's the, what's the goal? I want to be, obviously inspiring other people just in general like that skiing is it's so silly like (laughs) we're doing this because we really enjoy it and we get to hang out with each other and we get to do it's just like I bringing the fun back to skiing not that it ever really left but progressing the sport in the way that it's we don't always have to be competitive, even when we're not competing, that it's just really is a silly, stupid thing we do with sticks on our feet and we go fast and we go upside down sometimes. And it's just, it's a good time. Like people who want to get into it, I don't want them to be scared of it because of the culture. Yeah. Because I honestly think the community, at least at Alta, especially, yeah. Um, it's just good time. Like there's days I don't even actually really go skiing. I'll rip like three groomers and then hang out with my friends at the bottom. I'm like, ah, sickest day ever. Yeah. Just like I skiing is about the whole, the whole thing. I don't know if I'm really making any sense right now. You are. No, it makes perfect sense. <laughs> but it's, it's like, it's yeah. ridiculous. Like bring the bullshit back. Yeah. I think it's, it's very, and I agree with everything you just said and it makes total sense. It, I think we focus too much on like the broy culture of skiing and the like, oh, you got to do this. Like, oh, that makes you a Jerry. This thing is that. Like, all that shit is really stupid. And it doesn't, 
it's not what skiing is at its core because at its core, it's like you're having fun with your friends. You're going downhill and sometimes you're scaring the shit out of yourself, but sometimes you're just, you're doing it because you want to do it. And that's, I think, especially in a time when there's so many new skiers coming into the sport, that's kind of the messaging that I think should be projected if, if nothing else. Yeah. Like do it because like, if you don't enjoy it, don't, there shouldn't be any pressure to do something that you really don't want to do. And I like, do some pretty crazy stuff and I think like I want people to understand like I'm doing that because I like I do think it's fun to just kind of really honestly fuck around like and just kind of be really out there in that way just because I think it's a really good time so however you enjoy skiing like if you are a big uphill skier like personally I like going fast downhill but if you like going fast (laughs) uphill like go for it keep doing that <laughs> I know. like just do whatever makes you feel happy and if you don't want to go skiing don't go skiing like don't feel pressure to go skiing yeah is that my phone or your phone going off that's... i think it's mine sorry no that's okay i just want to make sure that it's not ethan in the booth over there or i don't think it's mine but anyway <laughs> our flights, not yeah we got all our flights canceled so like it's funny because we had one we were, we were just whining about how we had to get up at 3 a.m and catch a flight and get out of here and go to California. But like literally 15 minutes after that, we, we both got texts looking at each other like, fuck. It's and then you're like yeah. complaining more. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, we shouldn't have said anything. I'll um, take a 2 a.m. flight. Fine. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Like that's and that's probably what we're lining up right now. So we'll, we'll see how that goes. Um, <laughs> anyway, um, what? What are you looking for out of sponsors, out of brands that support you? I mean, you're having these conversations this week. I imagine you've kind of thought about this a little bit. Like what what are you what are you asking for from a brand? And I don't necessarily mean money-wise. I just mean like when you when you present yourself as Piper to a company, what mm-hmm. what is it that you're asking for in return? Pro- mostly for them to like allow me to like be myself, like instead of kind of having to like change my presence, like whether that be on social media or just like while I'm skiing or talking to people, I would appreciate brands to like appreciate my chaos for lack of a better term, (laughs) because like, instead of, I actually just, Angel Collins had just posted something. Yes. I love this post. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. You know what yes. I'm talking about. Yes. And I was like, damn, like, I don't want to have to tone it down because I'm a professional because like in the ski industry, I feel like being a prof- professional, like you, you've got loose screws. So you're not going <laughs> to just be this, like chill person. Yeah. And no, that's what totally also agree. back to like what I want to do in the future. Like that's kind of, the whole point, like making it, showing people that you're not like, oh, I don't wake up every day and meditate and think about what I'm going to do that day. I really just kind of go out and wing it. And that's like me personally, like you can do whatever you want to do, but I would hope that a brand that is sponsoring me is sponsoring me because of like my personality as well. Yeah. Yeah, that's for people that don't know, like what Angel posted or the post that we're referring to, like she posted this thing where she's like, 
basically she's like, for the first time ever, it's my Instagram account, right? Like in all these brands that left, I'm happy to have worked with you, whatever, whatever. But now I get to just be whoever I want. Like if I mm-hmm. want to run around naked, I can do that. If I want to run around and just like go sailing and not give a fuck and post once a year, I can do that. And like some, uh, I think smart wolf, she said like was the one that stuck with her. And that's really cool. But yeah. it's, it's cool that she kind of has this ability to like, you are blowing up right now. I don't know what's going on. It's <laughs> so popular. Uh, so popular. Um, yeah, it's it was it was insane to me, and it was such a powerful message to me because you do see so many pro skiers just kind of follow the mold that's created. Mm-hmm. And she was just like, "No, we're not. I don't want to do this anymore." Because she's still like, like I, she could be a pro skier for forever. Like she could do it tomorrow if she wanted to, still, and she'd still be one of the best in the world. But she yeah. just doesn't. She's just retired to do her own thing. And I, I think that's fucking rad. It's so respectful. Yeah, for sure. Like good for her for completely like not, I don't know, how old is she? Like thirties. And she's definitely been like a huge inspiration in my life and seeing her go off and do something else that has nothing to do. I mean, it doesn't not have anything to do with seeing, but she, yeah, she's retiring from something that she's been so good at her whole life. I think that's almost more inspiring because it shows like there's more to life than skiing and you have to make yourself happy. And yeah, that post really just made me happy because I was like, damn, I really can just do whatever I want. Yeah. That was like probably the post that's made me the most happy of anything on Instagram for a little while now, because it was just so real. And it's from somebody you didn't, you hadn't heard from in a little bit. And you kind of wonder when these people go off the grid, like how they're doing, what's up, like all this stuff. And it's, it's just was really rad to see that she was doing well because you are already, she kind of projected this image of being like one of the good people in skiing mm-hmm. and to see that kind of furthered that. And I think it, it also shows, like you said, a new way to influence younger athletes to be like, Oh, this isn't everything you can do more than just this. And you also, it should be okay to be yourself. Yeah. It's like, that's the most important thing. Yeah. Cause if you're, not yourself or if you don't feel I guess comfortable in your own skin which plenty of people might not sometimes I don't sometimes but if you can't be yourself what makes you think that people would like want to go skiing with you like just bringing it back to the basics like like I said we're skiing with our friends like that's at least why I go skiing a lot so I can hang out with my friends so like if I'm not really feeling like myself or something, it's just less enjoyable. Yeah, for sure. Um, can I talk to you about a brand that you've worked with uh, at least this season? So you've worked with Sago for a little mm-hmm. bit now. I think this is your first year on Sago's program. Um, second. second. Okay. Their Wait. Web- their website still says first. Um, so, <laughs> um, but I guess if it's the second, it's the second. Um, you mentioned in your little in the athlete bio that Lindsay Dyer was one of your inspirations too. And one of the reasons that you wanted to work with Sego, can you kind of elaborate on that? Yes. I, so Lindsay Dyer is like a really, really big part of she jumps and like unicorn picnic. Yeah. And unicorn picnic put out pretty faces. How long ago was that? Like 12 years ago with all the raddest female skiers, like Tatum Minaj, Rachel Burks, obviously Lindsay. Oh, who else was that? AJ, one of my mom's good friends actually, which is kind of funny. Um, and me and my best friend were sitting on the ground of the premiere in Keystone 
just like in awe because it's like dang that's just a bunch of girls and we <laughs> i was just actually talking to her and she's like no one really knows like a bunch of the pro skiers that we know and does does that make us like weird groupies i was like please don't say <laughs> But we watched a lot of ski movies and just knew all of them. And this was the first time that I was like, there are so many girls there. Yeah. Like that was just your typical, like, oh my God, I can be like, that's what they're doing it for, which yeah. is awesome. Like they nailed it. And Lindsay just kind of after that, like always like, stuck with me as a name and like the whole she jumps thing. I've like kind of, what have I done? I've, did some no that was with pow wait never mind i'm getting my nonprofits mixed up um yeah Lindsay just kind of her name's really stuck with me since that moment and she's always been really supportive of my skiing which i just couldn't thank her enough couldn't thank all those people enough it's pretty cool yeah yeah she's really cool she's uh i got to ski with her a few months ago and she's like she's such a rad person she's so down to earth and so humble about everything and just so stoked for everybody around her. And I think that's like, that's one of those things that you see in a person where you're, where you just kind of gravitate towards them immediately because they're just happy for everyone. Yeah. Like that is so important for like, just, it takes one person to be happy and it like lifts the whole morale. Yeah. For which sure. is awesome. Like if you're that person, keep it up. Yeah, for sure. Um, what, How's it been working with Sago? What's that been like? Kind of talk to me about the brand and what it's your relationship good. is. I I had a meeting with the, his name's Abbott. He's so nice. He was so pumped for me at Kings and Queens. Had a meeting with him the other day about next year's plans. And I love the skis. Like, I really do believe in the skis. I just, now with like, base like my email's been blowing up with people like oh let's get you on like i have a facetime call with magnus grainer yeah on to Wednesday. get on a thousand he's, just, he's oh my yeah, he's the nicest guy in i just want to chat with him yeah. i don't even know if i want to ski at the skis i just want to be like yo let's, <laughs> <laughs> like what's good man um <laughs> i really i would love to continue to ski for sego but it really just comes down to how i'm feeling about all these other brands i will yeah. say the skis are awesome i i love the skis i yeah. said that the only reason i landed <laughs> my backflip at kings and queens was because of the skis and everyone's like no bro but i was like i don't know they kind of <laughs> kept me on my feet and i really believe that yeah i don't so know really, i don't know if i'll buy that either but <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's cool i uh What's what's your top contender? I mean, if you had a brand that you wanted to work with, like that could be listening right now for all we know. What I mean, who do you want to work with? Like, what's what are the options? What goes into that kind of thought process for you? Obviously, Sago being, we'll say top contender for now because they're who you're currently working with. But mm-hmm. all the other brands considered, is there a brand that you're like, oh, I think my vibe really attaches to them really well? <laughs> I, it's hard saying just cause I know so many, at least athletes who ski for so many different companies. Um, I've been in contact. He actually just emailed me back today with Tim Hardy from faction. And I just, the collective is really like, that just is a great 
group of skiers and it's very diverse versatile like everyone big mountain park the whole shebang it's pretty much all you got skiing oh gosh that's such a tough question because I don't think it matters in the end because it's all they're all just skis I think it definitely would come down to the people and I don't know enough about the people yet so yeah I'm gonna yeah I mean and that's it's a hard question to ask too right because you're kind of being courted right now like everybody wants your attention and they're like you know skiarski 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 and at Especially, well, what do you got for me? I, yeah, exactly. Like I got, I got plenty of brands that I think are great, but like, I, I don't know. I, I think when these decisions get made, a lot of times people just, they pick the brand that they feel they vibe with the best. And without, I guess you're right. Without knowing all those people, it's hard to like, it's almost like you're going into a job interview, but you don't actually like get to feel out the environment before you commit to the job, which I guess yeah, is a little exactly. weird. Or like renting a or like signing a lease on a house before you even know what the house really looks like. Yeah. That's a, that's a weird situation to be in. I, I, I realize now that I don't get to talk to people very often when they're like figuring out their next contract situation after they've gotten a bunch of a new attention. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, I've never been in this position before, obviously, <laughs> but yeah, I think it'll all, it'll all figure itself out. Yeah. We'll be fine. Yeah. But I really don't know. Do you have a key as an earring? Yeah. What is it? Is it like, is there significance to that? No, I got it in New Orleans. And I really like just putting weird stuff in my ears. <laughs> I'm a dinosaur. I love that. I <laughs> love fun. that. No significance, but. um, Can I, uh, so speaking of body parts, uh, like, 20 people asked about your knees. What does that mean? Like, what what are they talking about? I'm... Let's find out. I'll, I can ask specific. I'm going to get specific. <laughs> find these questions. Um, uh, we, there's a lot of questions for you, by the way. I have all these ready, but... Apparently not ready enough. <laughs> and if there's 20 of them about my knees, I don't know. what. Where do you hide your real knees is a hilarious question <laughs> that somebody asked. What does that mean? Like, what is the knee? <laughs> do you have knee issues? Do you have bi- Somebody also asked, do you have bionic knees? What I is- think it's because I just like keep stomping this stuff that I really should not be stomping. <laughs> okay. it's, they're on my quads, you guys. <laughs> The knees are on the quads. Okay, good to know. Um, so we'll move past. I was just, I read these questions last night. And I'm like, what the fuck is wrong with her knees? Does she have metal <laughs> knees? Like, I'm, I'm so, I was like, so fascinated by this idea that you could potentially have robotic knees. I actually don't have knees at all. Oh, okay. <laughs> See, that actually was a question too. Uh, was she doesn't have knees. I want to know how she walks. Um, <laughs> so, all right. Knee questions out of the way. Uh, there's also, there's a, there's a lot of questions. Uh, was the dub planned or was it an on the spot choice to just send it? Oh my gosh. I love this. So we were back in Rocky point with Rachel Burks cause she was doing a project with free skier and wanted to include other women at Alta, which is just so incredible that she extended the offer to 
the absolute rippers who you see at Alta every day, yeah. all girls too, which was awesome. And we were back there and we ran in to Eric Sales, Taylor Pratt, Jaden Burrows, and not Jaden, Jay Burrows, uh, Ryan Zetzer, who Ryan's up there on C frame. And we're like, oh my gosh, he's going to do such sick stuff. Ryan sends another backy, and we were like, oh, that is so cool to watch. Like just watching her do her thing up there. And Tanner, one of my best friends from home who I grew up playing soccer with, I convinced her to move out here, blah, blah, blah. She comes up to me and she goes, dude, I think we can dub that. And at that point, like my brain just can't get that thought out of my head after that. I'm like, damn it. All right. I'm doing a double backflip. So it was not spare of the moment. It was definitely like sort of planned because yeah. of a simple suggestion. And I know like Tanner did one right after me. Yeah. Which is sick. And I'm like, cause I'm standing up there knowing that like a low consequence, cause it had just snowed a little bit. So I was like, if I fall, I'm going to be fine. And I also have Tanner right behind me. Who's going to do the same thing after me so it was like sort of not planned planned I guess like five minutes sense. before yeah five minutes before is not planning just so you know <laughs> <laughs> i don't think that's planning <laughs> okay not planned <laughs> okay not, not planned um okay on to, i i love that and also sales and t pratt and ryan they're all friends of the show they're they're great i just keep t pratt a couple weeks ago when i was there uh, when I was at Alta, actually. And you're right. It's kind of the same situation. I had the same experience where it's like, yeah, you ski and it's good, but like you get to hang out at the bottom and like that's almost just as good. You just hang out with everybody and that's part of it. And part of it too is like watching everyone do that stuff. Like, cause Ryan and Taylor both hit C frame before Tanner and I did, but it was like super nice to be up there and be like, okay, like it's possible. Right. Just like watching real time. And then, yeah, getting to the bottom and having just, I think there were like seven or eight people down there just like, yay. And I was like, yeah, that I like that you guys are all here right now. <laughs> I like all your faces. <laughs> um, Troy Seth wants to know, this is sounds like a weird one to me, but he said, please give her this question. So do you like it when guys bomb slow or fast? Oh, I like it when they bomb slow because I beat them. <laughs> Okay. I guess this makes sense. Um, let's see what else we got here. Uh, Mr. Pollard wants to ask a few questions. He has a bunch of questions, actually. Yeah, he's he also me, he was like, I have so many good questions. He has so like, many questions. He's also basically doing a, like, I'm basically doing a job interview for him right now because I asked him to be on the show and he was like, I don't know. We'll see. Like I did one and I'm like, I don't, I did really have a good time and I don't really have anything to talk about. And I'm just like, all right, whatever, dude. Like I'm, I'm not to say it'll be fine. Like just fucking do it. Like it'll be okay. <laughs> but uh, nonetheless, we're going to ask some of his questions here. Um, would you rather ski in pit vipers for the rest of your life or ski sober for the rest of your life? Oh, this motherfucker. Ah, <laughs> uh, pit vipers. <laughs> oh no. He that was a hard there. choice. You're not a fan of pit vipers. I'm not, not a fan of pit vipers. I just had a very weird experience with them before I went to Kings and Queens. That just kind of turned me off, which is so 
stupid because I like I know a lot of people who work at Pit Viper are awesome. Like yeah. Spencer Harkins, awesome. Yeah, he's never player. met Cam, but heard wonderful things about him. Rachel Sander, like they all do stuff with Pit Viper. Yeah. But when I went to before I went to Kings and Queens, I was like, I just felt so degraded because I went to pick up a like care package thing to like give away up at the comp and i walked in and they were like do we know you it's like probably not let's be real and they're like oh well we've got nothing for you and then once i like told them the gist they were like oh well you're not going to be able to do anything just like sitting there all with their arms crossed and i'm like i'm so uncomfortable right now i don't and i yeah i don't know i just have a weird taste yeah, that'd give anybody a weird taste. That's fucking bizarre. And and to be fair, like that hasn't been my experience with them, but I've mostly dealt with like Bottomley and Spencer, and that's really been they're, cool. <laughs> they're they're bottom tier people. They don't count. Yeah, exactly. So like, <laughs> they, yeah, we'll give it a wash. Um, <laughs> uh, let's see, what else? Uh, he also wants to know why do you have such a selfie fascination? Oh my god, I love my point fives. I don't know. I for some reason. I'm just like in love with photographs. My favorite app on my phone is my camera roll. Each, <laughs> I just love taking pictures because then I get to like look back on memories because every day is really fun. And I have this thing where I stand on top of Highboy every day at 4.30 when everyone goes up there to take the last lap. And I take a 0.5 selfie with whoever wants to be in it with me. What is a 0.5? Is that the setting on? The, oh, I actually, I just got the new phone. Is that like yeah. the thing? Is that the? It's like where you can like swipe it over a little bit to point five, and it just like gets everything in. I don't know. I'm taking a picture in point five right now. Perfect. Um, yeah, I don't understand what the difference is, but okay. Turn it around. Turn it around. Take a selfie. Oh wow, that is bigger. Okay, cool. Yes. All right, that doesn't make sense. I I had no idea. I saw all these buttons, and I also didn't know what all these things did. Like I. Yeah, I don't know. It's, I bet it's... only one of them works, and the other two are just for show. Really? I don't know. Okay, okay. I got this. <laughs> I is, this, is a new, this is a new thing. I got a second phone because the other phone is just too much, and I like got a second phone for like just me. Like like four people have this number, and it's so nice, and I'm like so lucky <laughs> to be able to have it. But yeah, I, I like got it. I'm like this is too too complicated, and I don't know what to do with any of the stuff. It's nice to have a nice camera on my phone, but it's also. Just very bizarre. Just use point five. I promise it'll change your life. Okay, for my next for my selfies, I will use point five, and maybe for the yeah. other things too. Um. Anyway, let's get back to questions. Enough enough iPhone talk. Um. <laughs> let's see. As Delaney wants to know, uh, or Delaney wants to know, how do I get over a feel fear of falling? I think this is a common question for people too, especially when talking to people that send it. Like it, it is a thing. Falling or failing? Falling. Oh, geez. That's tough because I like that feeling. Of falling? Yeah. Like being in the air. I really like that feeling. I, God, I wish I had a good answer. Um, How did you get to the point of just liking it or have you always just liked it? I think I've always just liked it. Ever since I can remember, I've liked jumping off of things. Okay. Like whether that be like into water or skiing or off of roofs i don't know i have a weird obsession with jumping off stuff um i would say maybe to like think about the landing more than the falling part because there also have been times when i'm like on top of something and i like really visualize the stomp 
more than the air. So then that falling moment feels a lot shorter because it's more about getting to the ground than being in the air. Does that make sense? <laughs> yes. Yeah, it definitely makes sense. I guess I think people are always just worried about trying things. I think that's kind of where this question, and I could be wrong. And this person will probably yeah. question me and tell me that I'm an idiot. But I think the, the basis of it a lot of times is people are just uncomfortable to try new shit, especially at bigger resorts and when places are so busy. It's like, I, I have this issue too sometimes. Like if I want to try something new, I, ne I don't necessarily want a bunch of people around. And like, it's hard to get over that idea that like everybody's watching you like nobody's actually watching you nobody gives a fuck what you're doing yeah. and I think, and if you fall who cares yeah exactly that's but it's harder it's easy to say that but it's harder to get that into someone's head I think sometimes. definitely and that's where I also back to the question of like what do you want to like how do you want to inspire people however you worded that there I have a very specific story I was skiing with my brother he's a freshman at the U and he was with a couple of his uh, girlfriends and we hit this like tabletop under one of the lifts and so first of all like you said that's scary people are watching you because they're all on the lift and one of the girls sent it like 70 feet like just massive and <laughs> blew up like skis everywhere and I was just like hooting and hollering for her and she like gathered her stuff and came back to where we're all standing. She was like, that's it. I'm never going in the air again. And I was like, no, 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 no. That's no, you're go we're coming right back here and you're going to do that again and maybe take it with less speed just so you can feel more confident because like, I don't want that to stop you from ever trying anything. And we came back and she went smaller and landed and she was like, oh, you're right. Like that wasn't that bad. So I, so like, yes, trying things is scary and I also think people should realize like I fall on my face way more than I land stuff. No one ever, just no one ever sees that. Right. Like that's a huge part of the game is just completely blowing up or not successfully landing a cliff or like there's been times I like don't pop on backflips and I just take that right to my face. And like no one really ever sees that because that's not what they're concerned about. They really care more about the landed trick, yeah. but that it's like, a, those are all little stepping stones into becoming more comfortable and realizing that like, it's, it's okay to fall. Yeah. No, I think it, I think this messaging is really important. Like, I think it's really important what you're saying right now, because people don't necessarily have that mindset already. Right. Mm -hmm. And I think that's something that you definitely have the opportunity to change because you can see how genuine it is when you talk about it that you're like, yeah. oh, I, yeah, don't be afraid of falling and don't be afraid if you blow up on a 70 footer or whatever. Like, just go again because. And yeah, go ahead. That's where like a lot of at least the people I ski with, like you can I've fallen so many times and they still are just cheering for you. Right. Like. That's where it also comes down to like who you are skiing with, because if you don't feel confident and then you try something and it is not successful and then no one really is supporting you in even just attempting something, you're not going to feel very motivated to keep going. So that's where I think like it comes down to the other people being able to just cheer for you because 
you're trying something new or you're having fun because then you're like, oh, okay, okay, it's okay. I can go do this again. I can try this again. Or like people aren't going to hate me. Like it's not going to be a weird mental block. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's one of the things that kind of needs to change more and more. And I think it is changing and people are talking about it more and they're like, okay, not everything you see on Instagram and the internet is real. Like that's not everybody's reality every single day. The best in the world eat, eat shit so hard so often yeah so it's just it's part of the hype game. Each other up and understand that like i hype each other up or i hype people up even more when they fall yeah like, if tomahawk and i'm screaming louder than i would <laughs> and they it's sick, honestly like you watch it and you're with that and you're when you're in that crew you feel that energy as long as they're okay and they get up yeah. you're like fuck yeah that was rat like because they're sent like they're trying and that's yeah trying is cool trying is fucking cool. um yep. i think that's cool i think that's a very i think that's a good goal i think that's a good thing to kind of push forward that's one of the things that I'd, yeah. I'd like to see get better too um all right couple more questions and then i'll let you get out of here um what do you think of dps skis do you not like oh. dps skis no, I, I work for them. I don't have a problem with them. I just worked for them. I was like the backbone of the DPS factory. Like the wood would come in and I would be the first one to touch it. Really? And yeah. It was nuts. And then at one point, like the glue roller broke. And I was just like, oh, I don't know if I should be saying this. I was literally just like scooping glue out of the bucket with my hands and like smearing it on the keys. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, the world's high tech skis. <laughs> Just so I'm like, oh my god, this should not be happening right now. Who hired me? <laughs> I so I guess yeah. It's I I don't know that anybody from DPS listens to this anyway because I I don't think they're very happy with me very often because I kind of give them a lot of shit because the skis are expensive. Like it's they like yeah, cost so much fucking expensive. money, and it's like not very like I at least like doing some research on ski brands there are very a lot of more sustainable companies for sure dps was not very sustainable and they had a couple engineers like working hard to become more sustainable and like had really good ideas but it was just like i would take wood home all the time to paint on because i was like i'm throwing out like dumpster fulls of wood a day i'm like and it's wood like you don't need to throw wood away i don't know it was it yeah that part's weird yeah never skied on them though what <laughs> what are you fucking shitting me yeah no why have you you've never skied on dps skis and you worked there well because i was with i'm with sego yeah but like you've never I don't, oh well they also told me i couldn't get i'd have i get like a discount on them and then what? when i yeah and then get when the I fuck left, out like, of here yeah it just i don't know i also didn't really have any desire to that's valid that part i understand. Probably break with the shit i'm doing yeah uh, that's that's valid see now they're gonna be mad at both of us for shit talking but whatever it's it's okay they're never gonna hire me again that's oh no oh no you're gonna be a professional <laughs> skier like you are as far as i'm concerned you're, you are a professional skier if people are courting you and uh like want your attention i think that's that's enough um okay uh on to other questions that's actually i didn't expect that to have a good answer but that was a good answer that's yeah, that was good. um so many questions about alta bombs uh so uh, <laughs> oh my I, gu God. I guess i'll ask uh a two in one 
Uh, bomb versus Beermosa, and how many Alta Bombs can you consume in a day? Jesus, the people know what is wrong with the me. People know. I don't know. <laughs> no, they, they see me out there every day being a scientist. Um, <laughs> um, definite. Oh, dude, a Beermosa is pretty good. But probably an Alta Bomb. I'm sticking to my core. Um, for and people then that how many don't I know, can... for people that don't know what an alpha bomb is, let's explain it to them. Oh first. yeah, so it's a PBR, and then you drink half of it, and then you put an espresso shot <laughs> in your PBR and bomb it in there, and then chug it. It's wonderful. It's a really good time, and I'm a little addicted to them. <laughs> <laughs> Clearly, um, oh. I don't know if I want to answer how many I could take in a day. Actually, probably not that many because of the espresso. Right. Because then I get really like, <laughs> hello, anxiety. Yeah. That makes sense. Uh, yeah. Sorry. I don't, but let's, yeah, I don't I'll go with three. Three? You could do more than three. Yeah, I could definitely do more than that. Yeah, for sure. That's a <laughs> but if my mom listens to this. <laughs> yeah, three. I'm May- only maybe gonna... one, maybe two or three. Yeah, we won't we won't keep <laughs> we won't keep rolling with that. Um, let's see if there's anything else worth asking here. Um, more knee questions. <laughs> That's so funny. Um, the oh, people I... should know that I have bunions. They should be way more worried about that. About your bunions? How bad are yeah. your bunions? Oh, bad. Do you have boot issues all the time? Not really, because Technicas are awesome and they punch out. But I'd say my foot's at like a solid 45, like my toe is at like a good 45 degree angle. <laughs> okay. It's hard to visualize. Um, the knees are fine. It's yeah. the feet. The knees are fine. Okay. Do you want to see? I could show you. Yeah, show me. Go ahead. Okay, hold on. <laughs> You're going to be appalled. How do I flip this thing? I've literally done Zoom school for three years and I don't know how to turn this around. Okay, whatever. I'm just going to say. You see that? Oh, shit. <laughs> what do you use to punch with? Like, that's a fucking big punch. It's, it's huge. <laughs> that's fucking crazy. Yeah. I love that. <laughs> I love that. Um, <laughs> That's amazing. All right. So no more worrying about knees. We're worried about bunions. I hope they don't get worse. Uh, I hope those go. I hope those are. Uh, only improve over time. Although, from my understanding, that's not how that works. Um, <laughs> <laughs> better. Uh, yeah, that's uh, yeah. I don't think so. Yeah. But we'll we'll be hopeful. There's weirder shit has happened. What is it about High Boy? Like, talk to me about that because High Boy is the like you hear, and I guess it's just ingrained in my head because of Harkins last year. Whatever, I forget how old he turned, but he skied a lap. Yeah, exactly. That was, nuts. That was so insane. Um, but what is it about high boy for people? At least for me, it's the, it's the, it's the party. Like everyone, uh, like when high boy was, or when it didn't snow for a month and a half though, it was like wind buff. They basically groomed high boy. So then you're ripping down a 45 degree <laughs> big mountain run yeah. in two turns. Cause you're like, I, I don't know. It's just something about that face right there um and then 4 30 when i get to take my (laughs) it's just it's a it's a culture thing i think yeah 
it's, which it's, is what it's about. And you get to the bottom, like right where the cat track crosses between high boy and low boy. And everyone has a smile on your face on their face. And I think that's really special. Cause like, if you don't have a smile on your face when you're skiing, you're not skiing. What are you doing? Yeah, I agree. I agree. That's, uh, that's great. It's, it's funny. I just, I hear people talking about it all the time and I'm just like, I don't, I don't necessarily understand, but I also don't get it either. I think I just am along for the ride and that's a really big part of the ride. I, yeah, I keep hyping up Utah a lot lately, especially on social, and I probably shouldn't because people people are mad at me for doing it because they're like, "There's already too many fucking Shut people up. here." Stop talking about it. But it's like I fucking love being here because the it's and I love being there because of the culture, like and because of the crew that's there. It's like I get to ski with Sales and T Pratt and like Digi and that whole crew, and it's it's amazing. Like you get to have a good fucking time. And that's like homies. Yeah, exactly. And it's it's, so great. Yeah, it's great. And it's fucking 30 minutes from downtown, like 20 Mm -hmm. minutes from downtown. And nowhere else do you get that shit. In Colorado, you like move to Denver. Everybody listening to this move to Denver, like understand that from this messaging. But it's just, I don't know. Utah's wonderful. Yeah, it really is. Um, I'll be back next week. I'll be at, I'll be stuck at Pow Mau, but I'll be. There. Okay, well, come come rip a four thirty high boy. I can't. I'm doing this K two thing for. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, I'm I'm actually not that excited. I would rather go ski alta, but I can't complain about a plane ticket and the. Yeah, no. <laughs> Unless the plane ticket. That one is unaffected. It's like I'm going to California to ride bikes and do bike shit, and then I'm going straight from California to Utah to do ski shit. So it's it's totally unrelated. But I'll get to re-experience. Uh, the scene a little bit in a in a different light so that'll be cool um well piper thank you for your time i appreciate it um this has been great um where can people find you on social where can people find you on the internet anything you want to plug um fish time what'd you say facetime fish time fish time what's fish time fish time is my like art brand that I'm really not good at promoting, so I'm gonna use this opportunity. Fish time. To promote it. I think I followed it today, but yeah, I didn't really like look into it too too much. But I would, uh, yeah, fish time. Is that just the handle? Yeah. Is fish time? Yeah, it's like underscore fish time, and it's on Instagram. And it's on Instagram. And it's my art, and it's pretty cool. I think it's cooler than my skiing. Art is cooler than your skiing. Okay, cool. I believe you. That's amazing. I think that that's uh, that's right. Where can people find your Instagram? On Instagram. what is your let me ask this the most direct way that i can piper what is your instagram handle (laughs) it's my name piper coons with a period in the middle of that like piper dot coons i think i could be wrong i have to check (laughs) hold on i could check yeah that's right um that's amazing um well, thank you for the time. I appreciate it. Also, wanted to just quick shout out that you can burp on command, and that's in your athlete bio. Yeah. That's 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 amazing that that's in there. Um, <laughs> random fact about yourself: I can burp on command and have a toothless cat. Yeah, that's cool. That's pretty great. Yeah, it is cool. She still eats hard food too, which I'm like, okay, you crazy. Yeah, that sounds insane. Um, well, thank you, Piper. Um, I will talk to you soon i will send you all this when it comes out and maybe you'll have a new ski sponsor by the time this episode comes out in two weeks but we'll uh i guess we'll talk we'll We'll talk between (laughs) now and then so awesome thank you so much